What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised, press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. What did we watch? We just watched Glass Onion, a 2022 film from director Ryan Johnson, starring, of course, Daniel Craig and a, a slew of other celebrities. And it's uh, the sequel to his previous film, Knives Out. This is all sort of kind of a uh, kind of an Agatha Christie type mystery series about a kind of a quirky detective goes around and. Gets involved in all sorts of mysterious hijinks. Right. Living the life. Living the life. Always in ex- kind of fancy locales. 
So I think, you know, we, we both enjoyed Knives Out, and I think we were excited to see this as well. Glass Onion. Of course, a Beatles reference in the... You you are the Beatles expert in this well, I house. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'm an expert. But. In this house, you're the Beatles expert. Yeah, I know more than you. Uh, Glass, Glass Onion was a song that they wrote uh, basically making fun of uh, fans and the media's reading so much into every single lyric to find hitting meaning about drugs and oh Paul McCartney died and then we had to replace him with some other guy to keep wait the, a minute, keep wait the a fantasy going. Paul McCartney died? Yeah. Paul is dead. No, he didn't. It was just a silly rumor. People in the city, you know, we think about you know conspiracy theories and dumb theories about celebrities as being a you know a completely modern phenomenon, but you know. See, let me let us talk about that for a second. It was one thing that always baffled me about this Paul is dead business. Uh, people claimed they saw clues on album covers and in songs that Paul McCartney had died and been replaced. And it was like sweeping some subcultures. And then uh, Paul McCartney just goes on the radio and says, guess what? I'm not dead. And everybody says, oh, okay. And they move on. But if he was dead... Wouldn't the imposter have just said, I'm not dead? I don't know if everyone moved on. I think a bunch of hippies were still rolling with it for a while. So I, I don't know that everyone So what, what do you think was the big nail in the coffin of Paula's dead? Do you, do you want to know my actual thought? Yes. That's what we, no, I, I want you to I make mean, something up for well, laughs. Well, I mean, the band broke up, right? So if the... If Wait a minute, the Beatles broke up? They broke up. They broke up. And I, I mean, I'm sorry to let you know this way if you're finding out. But, I mean, if the whole lie is predicated on they need to keep some Paul version around to keep the band going, and the band breaks up, and that guy doesn't be like, wow, okay, so my name's actually uh, Jack, and, I mean, what what would be the point? You know, I just think, I, I don't know, I don't know that much about that stuff, because I always found it kind of stupid, but, you know. I found it fascinating, the most interesting thing about the Beatles. Fuck you. But, yeah, it's, uh, Glass Onion's not my favorite song but i was what in, is your favorite song i'm not gonna tell you you've just insulted the beatles you don't deserve my pearls of beatles wisdom no but i i help sergeant peppers losing the sky with diamonds they have a, a day in the life strawberry fields forever jesus christ the ballad of john and yoko that's a dope song is that your favorite that might be my favorite i knew i'd get it I don't know if it's my favorite, but it's one of my favorites. And I like the Beatles. I like that they, I like, I like the image of a glass onion. So I, I was, I was excited when I found out that this was going to be the title. Cause I was like, yeah, we got some, got some Beatles reference, references in here and we're going to see where it goes. And then I was really excited when I found it was going to be all on like a Greek Island because yeah, that, that, because that's cool. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about the, the movie's premise? Uh, we see Daniel Craig in a bathtub talking to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's one of his squad. I love that. He's got Kareem in the squad. Got a few other famous faces, too. Some One of your favorites. Stephen Sondheim, one of yeah. your favorites. Uh, Angela, Angela Lansbury. Lansbury. And then that lady from Russian Doll. <laughs> and they're all chatting with him. He's all depressed. He's kind of like Sherlock Holmes. He gets depressed in between cases. And uh, he's he's trying to figure out what to do. And then he and a bunch of other people get a mysterious box. 
which is basically a, a billionaire inviting them to this Greek island to play uh, a game where he'll uh, pretend to get murdered. Yeah. And it's all of these guys are like his inner circle, essentially. So it's just like, a, you know, this one lady's a politician. Uh, Kate Hudson is this kind of airheaded actress slash sweatpants uh, manufacturer who is very controversial. Um, uh, uh, Aaron Burr from Hamilton is uh, the kind of like the scientist behind this guy's company. And then there's like a a guy who's like a men's rights activist YouTuber. So we're, we're assuming... If you're if you're listening to this, you've already seen it. So there's all spoilers. Yeah, we're gonna do all spoilers as okay, we say so, in the top of the show. So one thing I didn't understand is he sends an invitation to his party to a woman he knows to be dead, who of course is uh, Janelle Monae. He knows because he killed her. He killed her. He sends it to her. Would that just be because? That is a bit of a, if the if the police ever do look into it, he could say, well, I sent her, I, I didn't even know she was dead at this point, and I always sent her an invitation. She would have been on this list every year, so I sent it again. Maybe we could make up, and it's just kind of part part of his alibi. And like, also, if he, if he didn't send it to her, maybe he'd worry that looked like he knew she was dead. Well, also, why would he send it to her? Because they were just in a fiery court battle. Where all of his friends perjured themselves to testify against her on his behalf. So why would he then invite her to a party with all the friends who had done that? Maybe she, he just wanted to see what she was going to do. Play some mind games. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I just found that. I don't to... know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think about these things too much. I'm just, I'm really cruising based on vibes. What were your vibes? They were positive. They were pretty positive. They were, uh, you know, like, it was just a fun little movie. I always feel like these kinds of movies, these mysteries, they're much more fun on the buildup than the kind of the climax. Once everything comes into focus, you're just like, okay, well, okay, fine, I guess. But in the buildup, you're like, all right, here we fucking go. We're going to solve the mystery. So that was that was a similar feeling with Knives Out where I was, like, very into it. And then, like, you know, kind of lost me along the way. I don't quite know why, but I still enjoyed the ride. It did one of these things where it tells us uh, a story, and then, like, uh, there's a point where it uh, then goes back and revisits previous events from a different perspective, giving you more information. Which is what Knives Out did as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's a fun setting. It's kind of a zippy film. I enjoyed the humor in it. There's a lot of humor in it. Uh, a lot of commentary about, you know, fucking rich people, <laughs> which we can all we can all nod along to. <laughs> um, and of course, I, I find Daniel Craig and his foghorn leghorn accent delightful. So love that. Do you want to talk about some of the uh, other uh, people in the movie? Some of the, uh, uh, you mentioned, uh, her name is Janelle? Yeah, Janelle Manai. She's a, she's a singer and a rapper, and she's also an actor. And uh, she plays uh, Ed Norris, right, is the, 
billionaire guy? Yeah, Ed Norton. Ed, Ed Norton. So Ed Norton is the billionaire guy, and he he and her were partners, and in this in this company. And so then he kind of, he screwed her over. And it's interesting enough for you, Kevin, it kind of all hinges on an intellectual property case. You know, that's your, that's your, that's your jam. I enjoy a good intellectual property story. Were you nodding along and like, yes, this is how it works. <laughs> was that, was it a realistic one? Uh, it, it, it involved who created a specific system. Uh, it involved who created the specific system, but who drew it first on a cocktail napkin. But the thing is, I can say, I can write something on a cocktail napkin and say, Anya, I want you to take this cocktail napkin on which I've written perpetual motion machine and go out and create a perpetual motion machine. And then even though it's my idea, if you're the one that actually goes and does the work of developing it, you know, maybe you own it because maybe my idea isn't all that great. Well, my question would be, what would happen if, like, it's in dispute which one of us drew it, but we both did it together setting it up? If we both did it together setting it up, wouldn't we both own it? I don't know. You're the lawyer. Uh, it all involves whatever contracts and stuff they had. Ah, okay. There you go. But, yeah, it hinges on an intellectual property dispute. He screws her over. And so then she comes and you kind of think, oh, maybe she's coming to the island to get revenge. One thing I kept on thinking while we were watching this was this is a much, 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 much better version of the Kenneth Branagh adaptation of Death on the Nile. They're both uh, sort of seaside mysteries in sunny, interesting locales, uh, ancient locales, actually, because it's like Greece versus Egypt. And... You know, and it's about kind of eccentric rich people doing their thing and then a bunch of uh, doing their thing and then a bunch of interlopers are there trying to, you know, they all, all want something from the rich person, but they also have a bunch of vendettas. And this was definitely the superior movie. Death on the Nile was freaking weak. And it had some funny moments for sure, kind of inadvertently. But but this one's the better version. Just felt more compelling. Felt more interesting. I laughed a lot. You know, I had a good time. Uh, and as far as we know, there was no one in this movie who had been uh, plausibly accused of cannibalism. <laughs> yes. And nobody threw champagne over the boat saying, enough champagne to fill the Nile. <laughs> well, that's a great line, though. Um, yeah. So Ryan Johnson's a great storyteller. Uh, very you're a big witty. Ryan Johnson groupie, aren't you? Uh, he, he tells his stories with charm and uh, wit. Yeah, and and yet a lot of his movies, a, a part of them leave me quite cold, and I don't I don't quite know why that is. Like I can respect this, I can respect the skill with which he tells the story, but sometimes it just doesn't quite get there. Well, for, for me. me, the ending of this was unsatisfying. Yeah, because See, he's like the opposite of Looper. I I really didn't like a lot of Looper, and then the ending, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he solves the case and then says, well, there's nothing more I can do. We can't get this person in court. And so he hands his client some explosive and says, you just do whatever you want to do. And he walks out and then she goes crazy. There's lots of explosions. And then she walks out and sits next to him and says, we got him. 
that's pretty weak. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I'm I'm all about in this case. She has the emotional stakes that this guy killed her sister, and and destroyed her sister. So like, I get I I get having her be like the the sledgehammer essentially and doing that. But it definitely felt like Benoit LeBlanc didn't really help her that much at all. He just basically was like, I'll come along with you on a Greek vacation while you do all the work. So basically, yeah. So Janelle Manai is playing a, tw- a twin. She's like there. This woman who was uh, she was like this inventor and she got killed by Ed Norton. And then she had a sister who's just like this kind of average teacher in Alabama who wants, you know, wants to prove that her sister was murdered rather than, you know, that she committed suicide. So she comes in and pretends to be her sister because the the idea is that no one else knows the sister is dead. They've been able to keep it out of the media for now until, um, you know, only the killer will know that she's not really her sister. So she kind of comes into it and, you know, she kind of ends up kind of doing a lot of the footwork on this. Like she's running around, she's taking notes. She kind of figures it out, and Benoit LeBlanc's just kind of like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Didn't something like that kind of also happen in Knives Out, though? Didn't, didn't like, uh, didn't, like, the lady he was helping in that end up doing a lot of the footwork? He just takes all the credit. He's got a pretty good racket going. Yeah, he's got a little racket going. He's like, I'll, I'll kind of, like, look, I'll kind of look like I know what I'm doing while the, uh, the other characters figure it all out for me. But um, but yeah. So she ends up she destroys the Mona Lisa. That's a plot point. <laughs> and um, I guess that's implied that's gonna take him down. That he, that you know, Mona Lisa was destroyed under his watch. By her. But everyone else says that they're gonna testify against him. So <laughs> all the kind of people who perjured her sister kind of turn around and say that they're going to um. You know, go on her side now. Because they're very trustworthy, obviously. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So if you meet Benoit Blanc tomorrow and he says, 
I want your advice on how to do a podcast. Do you think he'd have a good true crime podcast? Yeah, he'd be great. People would listen to him. He's like this genial southern man with a with a wacky accent. And he has like all these celebrity friends that he could bring on to like guest star. You know, he could really he could really frankly he could he could do a low effort podcast and do numbers, you know. Just like what we do right here. Oh yeah, cuz we do fantastic yeah, numbers. The numbers. That's why we keep doing it. Um yeah, he'd be great. He'd be he'd be he'd be one of the the greats of the podcasting arts. <laughs> I just want to say though, I mean, one thing that I really I love these movies that they're kind of just doing some some like they're not attached. I mean, like I know this is a sequel of Knives Out, but it's like not some massive blockbuster franchise thing. It just they, they feel like real movies and I I just I enjoy them a lot even even if some of the twists kind of leave me being like, "Huh?" Like I just they have a lot of heart to them, and I like that a lot. So you're looking forward to seeing this franchise continue? Yeah. I know. I think they're at least going to do one more, you said, right? Yeah. You even were pitching uh, what you think uh, the third one should be about. Well, I don't want... I don't know what... I mean, I wouldn't deign to say what it was about, but I think it should be set in a snowy locale, because the first one was kind of like a misty kind of fall vibes. This one was all like a kind of summer vibes, and I think winter vibes would be great. Like a ski lodge. Oh, my God. Something like the Alps, perchance. Fucking the Alps, the Rockies, some mountain somewhere. We'd all have a blast. <laughs> you like cold mysteries. I like a cold mystery. I like to I like to look out and look at the snow and think, ah, you could see the footsteps going into the house, but not out of the house. So what is, I'm not really familiar with it. What, what are some good cold mysteries? No, I mean, I don't know. There aren't a lot, I'm sure. But I'm just, I, that's the cold vibe I want. I want a cozy vibe. I want a cold vibe. Would it work if he, like, came to Indianapolis in December? No, because Indianapolis is nowhere chic enough for this franchise. I'm sorry. I think it's pretty cold here. Yeah, but it's not chic. It's not chic. It's not cool. It's not aspirational. Sorry, babe. What about Carmel? Carmel, Indiana. Oh, God. He's got to go somewhere cool that people want to go. Uh, what about Westchester, New York? I mean, I I just... he already They already kind of did that with the first Knives right. Out. The, the next one's got to be something. Got to be something cool. This one kind of almost got a little sci-fi-y because there's all this dispute over this new fuel they were going to use. It blows up really badly. Jeez. No, I'm I'm excited to see another one. For you, what was the what were the strengths and weaknesses? I thought there was too much humor. Uh, I thought, as I said, the uh, ending where he like, gives her an explosive and says, "Hey, do what you want to do," and he goes and waits outside for her while she blows the place up, including incinerating a priceless work of art. Uh, I thought that was pretty weak. Yeah, I felt like they kind of ran out of ideas there. I was glad they didn't kill her off, though, because at one point you think she's dead. And I was like, wow, he brought this poor woman, made her do all of this work, and then she got shot for all her troubles. <laughs> That's not right. So I was glad that that was the case. What do you think he would be like in the real world? Oh, he'd get canceled immediately, you know? Like, also, like, I mean, crime isn't, like, I mean, 
haven't we learned from like several high profile examples that I won't name that like like just because you solve one crime doesn't mean you can come in and work your magic a second time. It like requires it's not like repeatable necessarily. Yeah, I'd be curious. Can you think uh, you know a lot about true crime? Are you aware of any figure no. who is not uh, a member of the police or a law enforcement agency who like travels around uh, solving crimes like Scooby-Doo or Benoit? No, and I know people who try to act like they do, but they're all fucking frauds. And if you pay them, they'll say what you want, what you want them to. And that's what Benoit Blanc would be. He'd be the guy going and being like, oh, Ed Norton, you know, what do you want me to say, essentially? Surely this must have been, uh, you know, not you. So I, you can't, you know, like, there's that's why there's no, that's there's no market for that. Like, it's just, it isn't, it, it, sleuths would all be corrupted. I'm sorry. That's just the way the world works. And that's why they're really fun in fiction. But if you see anyone trying to do this in real life, you... You run. <laughs> run. Don't let Benoit interview you on his fucking podcast. <laughs> you know, one minute one minute you're uh you're hunting mines and then the next minute you're uh taking money taking some blood money. That's how it that's how the world is. I yeah, I wouldn't trust any any private detective sleuth. I think they are staunchly in the realm of of fiction. But they're delightful in fiction, and I love them there. So, always going to enjoy that. How's he even make his money? Is this school teacher paying him for all this? Well, he has a boyfriend. Hugh Grant seems to be like a some sort of artist. Maybe he's supporting them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's Benoit go off on his little adventures, like you do with me. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I'm Harry Hugh Grant. I, 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 answering the door being like what the fuck bullshit is this and you're like oh i gotta go to greece bye <laughs> if you were hugh grant wouldn't you be like can't they can i go to greece too can i take a break from all this fucking art Jeez. now i'm just getting mad <laughs> so you think Hugh grant's been taken advantage of no i just think hugh grant does a lot of work for the relationship uh maybe doesn't get a lot of thanks and you know he should be made to feel that he's cared about too so is that something else you'd like to see in the third movie? Not just the apps, but no, Hugh, he, ta he takes Hugh Grant for a nice little skiing vacation. I don't think so. I, I, if you were Hugh, Hugh Grant probably went on one of these adventures early on and then like was just like, no, I'm not like, <laughs> I just want to do my art. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was a cute movie. I think you're probably going to warm up to it over time. I said you did with Knives Out. Remember, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, grumble, grumble. But then later on, you're like, oh, Knives Out. <laughs> what a swell <laughs> picture that was. <laughs> I think I think I think like with I just think with mysteries, oftentimes like the buildup for me is so much more fun where you're kind of putting all the things in play. What's going to happen? Ooh, who's going to get murdered? And then you see it all kind of. It all starts, and then eventually, like, you find out what really happened, and you're like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it's just not as exciting as yeah, the buildup. This, this movie got a lot less interesting once people started dying. Yeah. Just it's just like, a bunch of eccentric people having a party. Yeah, you were, you were like, yeah, let's stay at the party. Yeah, eccentric people having a party, making catty comments about each other. 
you're starting to piece together what all the relationships are and see them doing wacky and delightful things, uh, you know, and just being awful rich people. So that was funny. So who was your favorite suspect or supporting character? I don't know. Let me think about that. Who was yours? Uh, I enjoyed Catherine Hahn as the politician. Yeah, she might have been my favorite too because I I could relate to that a little bit. Uh, the men's rights YouTuber. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's you. That's how you're trying to be. <laughs> Going around with your little gun. <laughs> well, I didn't really, I wasn't really much into men's rights until after I met you. <laughs> Then you started feeling like your voice was being silenced. Yeah, you know, maybe these people who talk badly about women, maybe they have a point. <laughs> I was your red pill. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I thought the side characters were all fun. I thought it was a fun. It was a good group. It was every, you know, it was a good mix of like people who were kind of more on the rational side of things, and then people who were just totally eccentric. And uh, and then like the the main billionaire just coming off as like a total douchebag seemed pretty apt. <laughs> so my misremembering was he wants the Hulk. Ed Norton. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So who was your favorite Hulk? Ah, uh, I don't have one. I've never seen any of those movies. I have no I, interest. I I thought you were a big Mark Ruffalo fan. I I've no I I've seen I I saw Thor Ragnar. What was it? Thor Ragnarok, I think. I don't know. So does that put you in the Ruffalo Hulk camp? Kevin, I don't give a shit about the Hulk. That's the most boring. I, I, I'm sorry. I know. I know that that. What about Bill Bixby. I know that. I know that TV series was foundational for you, but to me, like, oh, I turn green and get big when I'm angry. That's just like that's. Who has time for that? That just exasperates me. The concept. Like okay. Like, I, I don't want to know anything more about that. Like, if you tell, oh, I wear a little red cape and I fly around and I'm a reporter, sure, I can I can fuck with that. I dress up like a bat and fight people, great. But for some reason, like, I turn into a green angry guy. Wouldn't you just be like, listen, I can't, just get the fuck out of my house. Like, don't, you know, don't ma- smash all my stuff because you got mad at the TV. I just, I can't. It's just too much. Do you think it, it speaks to something intrinsic in human nature? That we all have a certain rage and anger inside of us. And when we express that anger and rage, we become more powerful than we would otherwise. I, I don't care. It, it, it's so boring to me. It's so boring to me. So I don't I don't have a favorite Hulk. I don't know. I'm sure there was some drama. What, what, there was, oh, we had this Hulk and then we had that Hulk. Oh, no. And everyone was talking about it. I've never, I've always avoided the Hulk discourse. It's interesting that you avoided it so much. That says something. Oh, you about think I'm your, the Hulk? <laughs> I'm just saying, is like you're you're afraid of the anger that's represented. No, by I'm the Hulk. not afraid. I I think I I exhibit my anger frequently and without warning. But I I just I I don't yes, need to watch. You're terrifying to live with. <laughs> I just don't. I don't. I don't need to have some guy be yelling and like. In sometimes he's like just he just turns into a big guy, but he's still relatively rational. And then other times he's not, and it's like I just. I don't fuck with this. It's boring to me. It just seems like a fucking nuisance. <laughs> I was glad there was no Hulks in this movie. Well, Ed Norton was in it. Yeah, but he wasn't hulking out. Not that we saw on camera. He was just being a douchey tech bro. Leslie Oldham Jr. was in it. Wouldn't he make a good Hulk? I, I, 
I, I were, I'm not going to contribute to the Hulk discourse. Leslie Odom Jr. was in it. He was the uh, scientist. So I guess you're saying that he could have, you know, maybe he would have invented stuff and then become the Hulk. But I just. The big bodybuilder guy kind of looked like a Hulk. Guy. I would have just walked out. So you could say everyone could have turned into the Hulk. <laughs> or let, let's not be sexist. Or they could become the She-Hulk. There you go. The She-Hulk, of course, is I a think warrior. you're disappointed in every movie that doesn't have the whole cast turn into some version of the Hulk. The She-Hulk was a lawyer. Yes, I know. They just came out with a mini series, or like a series on it. Interesting that you've been keeping up on She-Hulk news, but not on Hulk news. <laughs> this what is does why, that say about this you? This is why you became a men's rights activist. That's right. <laughs> Jesus. You're not a men's rights activist. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> clarify that. Yes, we're just having fun here. Jesus. <laughs> That'd be a scary thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, what would you like to see from the third film that they're gonna make? Presumably, unless this one bombs, I guess. Oh, this one's not gonna bomb. Yeah, I don't think it is. People like this shit, and for good reason. It's fun. Uh, what what do you, what would you want to see? I gave you my snowy alpine vision. What's your vision board for Knives Out Three: The Knifening? Uh, I'd like to see a movie with Daniel Craig and some expensive locale with rich people. And I'd love for it to have a lot of distracting celebrity cameos. Yeah. Who is your number one? They already got, they got RIP to Sondheim, RIP to Angela Lansbury. They got them. So, so is that like the Ryan Johnson curse? Maybe, but. So if you go, if you're cameo in one of these movies, you're dead. Yeah. I mean. Watch out, jo Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Jeez. Who would you be careful, Ethan Hawk? Ethan Hawk, yeah, he was in it for five minutes. Uh, what, what for you? Who would your random celebrity celebrity cameo that you want to see in the third one? So it's all snowing. He's skiing. He's on the ski lift. He turns around. Who is he sitting next to? Mark Spitz, the swimmer. Yeah, that'd be that'd be, that'd be a surprise. <laughs> me a minute <laughs> okay no i gave one you give one michael phelps <laughs> two two of the most decorated olympians both swimmers both unclear why they're in the film well, kareem abdul jabbar was in this movie yeah that felt like i mean he's a respected like movie critic he does his own thing so i could see, like i could understand him being benoit blanc's friend who's like doing a zoom intervention for him, but uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar also uh, does uh, mystery novels about Mycroft Holmes. That's really fun. Good for him. Yeah, I like. I remember we, we watched a bunch of movies on his recommendation. Yes, some of them were pretty bad. You, of course, you make it sound like we're his personal friend. Yeah, of course, we was zooming with him too. <laughs> Got to get the the Kareem takes. No, I think he has like a little delightful. I think his like blog is you know his movie blog is delightful. So. Would he would he review Glass Onion or is that like a conflict of interest? Because <laughs> he was in it. <laughs> but yeah, get get some swimmers in the next one. Mark Spitz, obviously the most decorated Olympian before Michael Phelps. Uh, he swam with a giant mustache before they knew what like swim caps were. And uh... maybe Johnny Weissmuller. Yeah, get him in there. Another Indiana. Hoosier. And he's a swimmer. Now, Spitz, I don't think, was from Indiana, but he swam for IU. Yeah. So it's all connected. It's just going to be a swim mystery. 
Wouldn't you love that? A swimming mystery in the swimming Alps. Swimming mystery in the Alps. They're all gonna they're all gonna swim in this fancy heated pool in the in the winter. No, I want like a snow thing. I don't want. I, I, yeah, it's gotta be a snow. So you want to be like a a skier who who uh, cameos? I think yeah. I, I I don't know any winter sports people. I I like the swimming theme, but we'll have to we'll have to workshop it. I mean, my thing is, I think Benoit Blanc is like kind of he's supposed to be kind of like an entryway into the mystery, the person they're telling everything to, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think he's necessarily, I think he's often like not the, it seems like a pattern, a purposeful pattern that he's not the guy getting shit done. That seems to be a conscious choice on Ryan Johnson's part, as opposed to like a mistake. Like when you look at like Indy and Raiders of the Lost Ark, he's not really getting anything done. He's just kind of following stuff around. So, um, but this seems to be more purposeful. So, just interesting. I I don't know what to make of that, but uh, I don't. I mean, I don't mind it. I I enjoyed this. It made me smile. Made me feel good thoughts in my head. So <laughs> that's an Anya Kane thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. It made me have good thoughts in my head. You know, in my head, that's a pretty uh, good day. <laughs> made my brain release the good chemicals. <laughs> I'd say that I enjoyed looking through the bent back tulips to see how the other half live. Looking through the glass onion. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me that's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore and at mystery to me podcast on facebook and instagram and you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com we're not teens setting up hotmail accounts in the early 2000s so all of those spell out two as t-o thanks Thanks so so much much for for listening. listening